Welcome to Two Therapists Talking. The hope for this podcast is to talk about important issues related to couples and individuals who are struggling in their lives with many different issues. I'm David Thompson, a marriage and family therapist. And I'm Sherry Christensen, marriage and family therapist. Please join us as we explore these issues together, and we hope you will learn and be enlightened along the way. Come find us at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast. Hi, and welcome back to Two Therapists Talking. I'm David. And I'm Sherry. And we are following up from our previous episode about trauma and recognizing trauma and trauma responses, why it's important and what we can do about it. Mm -hmm. A lot of the work that we do as therapists is helping people to recognize their trauma and work through it. Otherwise, things just continue. And we talk a lot about symptoms and disease. And while symptom management is important Mm -hmm. and necessary, we want to address the disease. We want to get underneath and make lasting change. Yeah. And so that's where understanding yourself and your body and why it's doing what it's doing and the impact of trauma, maybe recent trauma, such as discovery Mm -hmm. of infidelity or trauma that has been around for a long time. Yeah. And we always kind of seem to have it both, don't we? Yes. So how one impacts (laughs) the other and how recent trauma impacts things from our past. Yeah. And the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things I think is so, so critical in this process is understanding your feelings and understanding that you make sense and the way that you're reacting makes sense and it may not make sense on the, on the surface. Uh, like we were talking last episode about, wow, I'm having this reaction and it's way bigger than the situation right. may and, warrant. And your partner may be pointing that out. Like something is going on here. Like yes. I didn't mean that, or I just said this or, but it seems like you are taking it very differently. Yes. And so, Sometimes we discount ourselves, we discount our emotions, we ignore it, we push things away. Oh, I'm being ridiculous. I shouldn't feel this way. I'm having this crazy reaction. And we use all these words that negate what our body is trying to tell us. And the fact of the matter is, you do make sense. Your feelings make sense. And it's important to honor and hold space for that. Yeah. And one of the things that I will tell my clients is it's not going to be okay until it's okay for it not to be okay. So break that down. Yes. So Say it again, actually. Okay, I'll say it again. (laughs) It's not going to be okay until it's okay that it's not okay. So a lot of times we try to push through things. We try to be fine. We try to be okay. Or we focus a lot on the end result, like, oh, okay, we're going to get to this place. Like, let's focus on being happy, right? And what we're doing is we're negating what's actually going on in our body and the trauma that we're actually experiencing in our lives. And the problem is when we do that, all it does is smash it down, fester. It starts to fester, and you will run into blocks in your life. You will be stuck in these places because your body is saying, no, it's not okay. I'm not okay. 
and we try to ignore it, push through it, but it stays stuck. Right. And you can feel that if you start to tune into your body. And usually if you've gone through something really hard, really traumatic, especially if you were much younger, you don't have a lot of skills and tools to process at that age, right? right? And so oftentimes what will happen is we'll ignore it, we'll push it away, we'll develop other you know, coping skills to try to make it okay when these things happen. But ultimately, in order to move through, in order to be healthy, in order to be your best self, you have to come back to those spaces and honor that part of you. Which is really hard because most of us were not raised in families that would do this. In mm-hmm. fact, most of us come from backgrounds where all emotion was just sort of scary and we don't know what to do with it exactly. So we smile, we put on a happy face, we don't really talk about it. If mm-hmm. if there are hurt feelings, we don't like spend time to process it or, or sit them down and work through it. There's just yeah. kind of a, well, you'll be fine, you'll be okay, suck it up, don't cry, and moving on, which yes. teaches us nothing about Mm -hmm. these feelings, except that they're bad for some reason. But then when we have these feelings, if these feelings are bad and we're having these feelings, what does that make us? What what are we supposed to do with that? It's easy to feel like we're doing something wrong. It's us. And so we just pack them and pack them and bury them and pack them. And And they flare up and we get upset about it. And we don't understand what the heck is going Mm -hmm. on. And Yeah. And so... Being able to sit in a place where we can honor what's going on and nurture that part of us is critical. And this is a huge turning point for a lot of clients. It's it's a space that they haven't been willing to go before because it feels scary. Mm-hmm. And so it's important to go into that place and to... If we're going to use some IFS, internal family systems, that's parts work, right? There are parts of us that are protective parts. They, their job is to protect us. And so if we've had some of these experiences from very young or very hard, we can kind of pack that away. And that's, that's our body protecting us, right? It's trying to keep us safe. Right. It's working really, really hard to keep us safe. And so if we try to come in there and just say, Hey, we're not going to do this thing anymore. We don't need you anymore. We're going to take care of this and talk about it and whatever that part of us might rebel just a little bit. And so it's important to just nurture that space and honor that space and thank it for Mm -hmm. doing what it's been doing for us. Right for protecting us and saying, Hey, you know what? Oftentimes we are afraid of going to these hard places because we're afraid that we won't be there for ourselves, that no one will be there for us. And that's usually been because we've protected ourselves by not going there, right? Right. By not sitting with ourselves in those spaces. And when we do that, when we open that door to sit with ourselves and say, hey, body, 
I haven't been there for you. And I'm recognizing that now. And I wasn't doing it on purpose, but I'm noticing that I just really wasn't there. And I'm going to be there for you now. I'm going to sit with you now. I'm going to walk through this with you now. It oftentimes relaxes and opens space for discovery to go through the process of sitting in harder spaces. And oftentimes what we find is that those spaces weren't as hard as we thought, but the fear was around abandonment Mm -hmm. of ourselves because we haven't been there. So who's going to walk through this with me? You know, who's going to be there? And that one of the things I say a lot to my clients is we have to have a witness in our lives. We just have to have a witness. And oftentimes we can be our own witness if we're willing to go in there and sit with that part of us. And sometimes our therapist is our witness. Sometimes we can have other people as a witness, but we also have to be willing to be our own witness in order to really get in there to those spaces and work on them. So when it feels scary, you may consider that it may be because you need to sit with yourself and nurture that part of you that's afraid because you haven't been there for it and be willing to go to those places together. Be willing to nurture yourself and validate your experience. Validate that, hey, this is legitimate. What I'm feeling makes sense. Of course I would feel that way. And when we do that, then we open this space to go places we may not have been able to go before. So really a lot of this is giving yourself permission Yeah. to have suffered, to still be suffering, mm-hmm. um, to feel whatever you're feeling, to feel alone, to feel abandoned or rejected. Mm-hmm. But you know, and you are giving yourself space to feel what you're feeling. Yeah. In other words, you're not going to be a critic like everybody else and say you may not. Yes. Or you cannot. Yeah. But you're maybe the only one who says, no, this is okay. Yes. You're inviting it in and being curious about, say, hey, come on in. Feelings. Tell me what's going on. I love that. Being curious. Yep. Mm -hmm. Not judgmental. Curious. Yeah. And you might find an emotion wheel is useful as you're trying to figure out what it is that you're feeling, how it is that you're feeling, looking for the nuances. Again, it's kind of like this empathy skills building, but you're doing it for yourself. Yeah. And you're being curious and wanting to go deep with yourself. And this is a great time to pull out a journal, to write and record because your body, your mind can start to process and pull some of those things out in a little bit deeper way. So that is definitely one of the, the tools that you can use as you're processing through uh, trauma on your own is to have that journal out, is to have the motion wheel out, is to really start doing some empathetic work with yourself. So much of the time I find that it's that your body hasn't been heard and seen. Right. 
And so when you start to hear and see it, the big thing, you know, your body making this big show, hey, something is really, really wrong and it's big. When you're willing to see it and validate it and give it space in your life and be curious about it, the intensity of it can drop dramatically. Yeah. And this is, this is what we talk about with emotion, just any emotion. We, mm-hmm. we say name it to tame it. One of the, <laughs> one of the most important things you can do with emotion and working through emotions is to be aware of it and then to say it, say it out loud. If, if you're feeling something, say what you're feeling. Yeah. And, and there's some permission that's just a part of that process that just puts those parts that need to be heard at ease. If they feel like they're being heard, it changes things. Yeah. It really does. And, you know, just like any part, any person would want to be heard. And if they're being silenced or they're not allowed to mm-hmm. share, or if they do share, if no one takes them seriously, it's very yes. frustrating and they're going to hang around and they're going to get louder and they're going to get bolder. And, mm-hmm. and so naming it, being aware of it, journaling about it, um, not just emotions, but you know, these emotions that are connected to trauma. To trauma. And so as interesting as we were sitting down d- trying to decide what it is that we wanted to, you know, talk about today, what was really on our minds that both David and I had a trauma response this week. And it's just not something that is rare. Yeah. It's not. Everyone goes through stuff. It's not. And it can be as simple as uh, getting angry a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, the trick is you just aren't connecting it back to something else most of the time. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how much of this stuff. I mean, if, if you read books on our subconscious, they will say that 80, 90% of what we do is driven by the subconscious. And most of what we do is autopilot from experiences we've had before, Mm -hmm. especially when we were younger. So there's a lot there. There's a lot there. So as we're recognizing, you know, and as both of us were going through those experiences and recognizing going, wow, this is a lot bigger. And so as we talk about things you can do on your own, some of the things that that I did on my own as I was having that experience is giving myself space to go through what I was going through and honoring that experience and having that be okay, having it be okay that I wasn't able to get much done, that it was just rough and I was hitting a lot of waves of distress and I could just sit with that and say, you know, at, and at first, right at first, it was like, oh, this is interesting. I hadn't really recognized fully. So I'm like, okay, well, I, I still need to do the things, you know, do the things in my life. I need to do homework with my kids and I need to do this and I need to do that. And as I tried to push right through, it wasn't working, right? I was feeling a lot of resistance and was able to slow down and say, okay, what's really going on? Kind of breathe, connect to my body. Ah, I'm having a trauma response. Okay. What do I need to do in that space? What does my body need? Because my body makes sense. This makes sense. So what do I need to honor and support myself in that space? 
And so I didn't do a lot of the list of things that all the things that I need to do. I saw what I could do and did those parts. Like, yes, we still need to eat dinner, but my brain cannot think of how to do dinner. So we're going to go out to eat, you know, and we're going to go get something healthy, but we're going to go out to eat (laughs) and we're just going to be okay with that. Like I can do that. That's fine. I don't have to sit and make dinner. I can do something that we can do and I can be healthy about it. Um, also how can I still connect with those around me in the ways I need to, how can I connect with my kids in this space. I'm not going to be able to sit down and have like, let's sit down and have a super emotionally deep conversation or even let's, you know, work through all of the things that you need to get done in your homework for the whole week. Like we're not going to do that today. We're going to do something a little softer. We're going to pull it in a little more. We're going to like cuddle on the couch and watch a show. We're going to, you know, we're going to just pull it down. What can I do? What is okay for me to do um, and connect? And maybe it's a nap. Maybe it's whatever, you know, notice what you need for yourself and do those things. Which brings up what do we do? So Sherry's given us a lot of really good things to do. Slowing down Mm -hmm. is a big one. Um, because you can't maintain your normal routine schedule, all the stuff that you feel you need to do when you are in that space. It's too much. It feels too overwhelming and you're not listening to your body. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, maybe things are going to be messy. Maybe dinner won't be as healthy. Mm -hmm. Sherry goes and gets a healthy dinner. Yes. would not be getting a healthy dinner. We've done cereal before. I've, I've done, I have eaten cereal before for dinner. <laughs> but recognizing that the need is in taking care of you and slowing down. And yeah, that's huge. You know, what's not going to work for sure is feeling all of these things and just pressing forward, mm-hmm. which is kind of, you know, it's been, you know. Pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Like, use it as <laughs> something that. It's it's good. It's an advantage. You're supposed to push through. It shows your toughness and your mm-hmm. your perseverance and grit. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> this isn't just a hard thing that we're being lazy about pushing through and doing. This is different. Yeah. Um, this is something that you know when we're talking about trauma and emotions, we do need to slow down and we do need to let some other things go while we take care of ourselves. Yeah. Even if it appears like maybe I'm just not being a good parent for a while. Yeah. You can't fill someone else's cup when your pitcher's empty. Right. You just can't. And this is your body's way of saying, hey, I need I need to be filled. Attention. I need to be My seen. My bucket's getting low. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So what else can we do? I love deep breathing. The research shows that, well, we know breathing has it is connected to our cardiovascular system, right? And so as you breathe deeply, you automatically slow the heart rate. Yeah. You also, so this is good to do anytime you have any type of anxiety or distress or something where your heart rate accelerates. But additionally, 
it makes you mindful. It pulls you back into your body from being up in your head, kind of going, 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 trauma, upset, you know, just all of that. It, it pulls you back into your body and makes you mindful and present. Mm-hmm. And that always has that calming effect. Right. I mean, there's literally a lot to be said about the brain getting oxygen in these moments. Mm-hmm. Because when we get upset, for example, when we're having, let's say, a panic attack or we're very anxious, we're not breathing well. We're starving mm-hmm. ourselves of oxygen. Yeah. And so what Sherry's talking about, arriving in your body, doing mindfulness and deep breathing will actually have a real impact yes. on what your body does and what it's feeling. And so that's a that's like a first line of defense. Yes. This is a really good habit to get into. So when we talk about doing your dailies and we've talked before about how meditation is an amazing thing to have in your dailies right. uh, routine. That's because then your body starts getting used to doing that thing and noticing when it's needed. And so then when you step in these spaces, this is already something that your body knows how to do. And the mindful part of, of deep breathing or of meditating is, is really critical because again, remember trauma stored in your body. Trauma is your trauma responses. That part of your brain is in your middle brain, your amygdala all the way back there. It's not in the front in your prefrontal thinking brain. So when you become mindful and you're noticing what's going on in the present, when you're noticing what's going on in your body, when you're noticing your breath, you're actually starting to pull your brain out of the back, your, your focus out of the back and back into your prefrontal cortex. So you can think through things again. When they do brain scans on people who are having a traumatic response, the thinking part of their brain is like not on at all. And so in order to kind of pull yourself out of some of those traumatic spaces, that meditative, mindful, deep breathing, those kinds of things help pull your brain out and back into the thinking place. So it pulls you, literally starts pulling you out of the trauma. Yeah. And and we found also that this contemplative state is very compassionate. It's far more compassionate than, you know, this middle brain area where things are reactionary. Right. And you're going to need that sense of, of compassion and acceptance. Um, especially when you're dealing with some really strong emotions and often these emotions come back to some level of your being rejected or abandoned or Mm -hmm. a failure in some way or worthless or worthless. Mm -hmm. And so frontline first line of defense is to breathe, arrive back into your body, get the oxygen your brain needs. uh, And that's going to be a big one. Yeah. An exercise that deep level of compassion. Right. Journaling, like Sherry mentioned, writing is also really helpful. Tapping, from the episode before, because you can do this on your own in the privacy of wherever you are. We talk about connection and getting validation and having support and being able to talk to somebody and reach out. Even if all they're doing is reminding you of what you already know, you just may be in a place because of the emotion 
being so strong that you need somebody to support you and Mm -hmm. just kind of bring you back to it's going to be okay. What you're doing matters. You actually can learn through this process and become more of what you want. And I think in future episodes here, we're going to talk about values and how, for example, you know, if you value being a loving person, Mm -hmm. um, this pain and suffering can actually help you to become more understanding and empathetic and more of a loving person. And so when you find purpose in your pain, when you make meaning out of the suffering you're going through, it will change the -hmm. suffering. And so all of those sorts of things can really be helpful in this process as you arrive back in your body and breathe and take some time for you. In Mm -hmm. addition, of course, to some of the bigger things, getting help with a therapist for... um, Unpacking everything. Unpacking it, doing EMDR or ART um, with the therapist so that you can work through some of this bigger stuff underneath. Mm -hmm. I mean, ideally, it's both. Yes. You're doing these, these small and simple things on your own as you work through some of the bigger stuff. Yeah. There's never a point at which seeing yourself, truly seeing yourself and having compassion for your experience is going to be a negative. That's always going to be incredibly important and useful and being in your body. That is always going to be important and useful. So hopefully as you're doing both of those things, you can start to uh, work through those times that come up and then be able to manage the experience that you're having and be compassionate about the experience you're having and meet your needs in that space. Sometimes you do need to reach out and say, Hey, can someone, you know, bring me dinner? Hey, can someone, you know, can you just listen to me as I kind of talk through and say, Oh, this is really hard. Right. So reaching out and connecting doing all of these different things. And then you can go in when you've identified it or as you are working with the therapist to identify it and then using the ART, using EMDR, you can actually clear that away. So it isn't, it isn't a thing anymore. Right. And it tends to work. Yeah. It really does. That's the good news. Yes, that is the good news. That, that is the really good news is that you can work through and have these experiences where you can strengthen yourself uh, because of how you sit with yourself and listen to yourself and are aware of yourself. And that's such an incredible tool, whether or not you have trauma in your life or how whether or not it's a traumatic space that you're you're sitting with. But that's an incredible tool on its own to be aware of your own self. But then you can clear it. It can be gone from your life. And that is a really relieving space. It's amazing. It really is. Uh, I love being able to work with clients on things that, that have been there for their whole life. As long as they can remember. And it's affected them in so many ways. And for them to walk out of, of that session having cleared it and to have them come back and say, okay, how, how are things different in your life? And just the complete relief. It's, it's really amazing. And I've experienced that in my own life as I've done my own work. 
And you know, I think you have too, David. Yeah, I have. It's been really helpful. So lots of encouraging spaces. All of us need that therapy, right? Yep. Strong people nurture. That's one of the one of the things I've learned through my life. I used to think think strong people didn't need nurturing. <laughs> and if you're a strong we person. We all think that, right? Yes. You don't need nurturing. But what I've discovered is strong people nurture themselves. Yeah. And that's what this is really is you're taking care of you. Mm-hmm. And that is a strength. Yeah. And so sometimes when we think about, you know, like, oh, that's that big thing, you know, whatever. But really what you're doing through this experience is it's a, it's one of those crash courses because it's something big, but it brings your attention to learning the skill of taking care of yourself and nurturing right. yourself. Yep. So thanks for joining us as we're talking about trauma. And hopefully as we're talking about that, you can start to notice and be aware of some of those ways that that's affecting you and what you can do to move through that effectively. Yeah. Hope it was helpful. Thank you for joining us. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Two Therapists Talking. We look forward to sharing more conversations with you. Connect with us at twotherapisttalking.com or email podcast at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast.